Littleton Coin Company is ringing in the holiday season with daily deals. Visit littletoncoin.com for at least 15% off select products now through November 28th. Save on your favorite coins, such as Morgan Silver Dollars, Kennedy Half Dollars, Commemorative Quarters, and much more. But hurry, each day offers a new deal you don't want to miss. Visit us now at littletoncoin.com. That's littletoncoin.com. Littleton Coin Company, serving collectors since 1945. Diwali, the Festival of Lights, is a vibrant and colorful celebration that marks the victory of light over darkness and good over evil. We invite you to celebrate Diwali with a drive through two and a half miles of sparkling lights at the Bull Run Festival of Lights in Centerville, Virginia. The Bull Run Festival of Lights is open November 10th through January 7th. Save time and money by purchasing a ticket online at bullrunfestivaloflights.com. That's bullrunfestivaloflights.com. Let's join Bishop Kevin J. Foreman. Take In the house today. Oh, shout it like you mean it. Shout love. Hallelujah. Everybody's standing. Are y'all ready for the word of God today? We welcome everybody watching at all of our campuses and video cafe, all the overflow areas. We're excited today. I got a word for you that's going to revolutionize your life. Tell somebody, say, this is going to get you good. Get the other one. Tell them, say, you too. Tell them, you too. Hallelujah. Lift your Bibles. Let's make our confession of faith together. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. My mind is renewed and my spirit is prepared to receive the word which produces faith and faith pleases God. I'm not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. This word has given me life. Shout it out. I am not on my way there, not fixing to be there. I am there now. Somebody said, Bishop, how do you know? Because you got some giants. If you don't have no giants, you ain't in your promised land yet. Anybody got some giants that they didn't have to do? That's evidence. The giants only lived in Canaan, the promised land. Hallelujah. Flip to Matthew chapter 22. We're going to look at one, uh, one little passage of scriptures. Matthew 22. Of course, we're in week three of our series, Love God, Love People, Love Life. And today we're going to talk about loving some people. Some people's is. Matthew 22, verse 36, do you have it? Teacher, your version may say rabbi, same. Which is the greatest commandment in the law or in the Torah? Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Now, what's interesting is that these are all the same thing. Uh, Your mind is your mind, but your soul is your mind, thoughts, will, and emotions. And your heart in Greek is the word cardia, which means your mind. So uh, what Jesus is trying to do is, is hit the message home. So he doesn't say it once. He doesn't say it twice. He says it three times. He says, love the Lord your God with your mind, with your mind, with your mind. And, and, and evidently what he was trying to say is that sometimes it's easy to not love him with everything and only love him with some things. So he wants to make sure that we get that. He says, this is the first and great commandment, which means it doesn't matter how good I am at all the other stuff. If I miss this love thing, I've missed it all. I don't care how much Bible you know. I don't care how much Hebrew and Greek you know. None of that means anything if you don't get the love thing right. Look at 39. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Which means that I can only love others to the degree that I first love myself. Are you hearing me? 
So, so if, if you got loving you issues, you're going to have loving people issues. But the good news is, is that by the time we get through with this word today, all of those issues are going to be going to be rectified. On these two commandments hang all the law. He's talking Torah again. First five books of the Bible and the prophets. He's saying the entire what we would call Old Testament, all of that is boiled down to three phrases. You know them. Love God. Love people. Love life. Father, you hear me. I believe that you always hear me. And I pray, Father, that over these next few moments, Father, you would take human words and human understanding father but you would customize it tailor make it uh, that it would be divinity that it would be life-changing impartation by the time it hits our ears i pray that you would customize this word today for everybody under the sound of my voice father it's a simple word yet it is a necessary word father because your word declares that above all the other things we could be known by we're supposed to be known for our love for one another. So I pray today, God, that you'd give us the grace that we need to love how you love and to love people that are sometimes unlovable. And we thank you for it now. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody shout hallelujah. As you take your seats, high five somebody and say, Love people, love people, love people, love people. Uh, now, this series on the invite, it asks a very clear question. It says, we are going to change the world. Are you in? So before I get going, I just need to know who I'm preaching to. Uh, who are the in folk? For example, that is not going to do it. I will get out of this church and walk upstairs in a minute. We're going to change the world. I just need to know who's in with us. Now, I've said that through this, uh, through this series, you're going to become an expert in the vision that God has given for us to complete. We have 2020 or clear vision, uh, and that's saying no to everything but the main thing. And for us, that's our mission to lead people, that's students, that's kids, that's adults, to totally love God, love people, and love life as you know it, one church in global locations. Now, at Harvest, our vision or our mission, it is our process for making disciples. Jesus says in Matthew 28, go ye into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He didn't say go make consumers. He didn't say go make attenders. He didn't even say go make members. He said go and make disciples. Somebody say disciples. Now, that means at Harvest, we know what kind of people we want to build and what their life looks like on the inside of the church and on the outside of the church. It's the same kind of people Jesus wanted to build. Jesus wanted to build, watch this, faithful people. He wanted to build consistent people. There is nothing worse than meeting a believer and their one version of them in church. But the moment they get out to the parking lot, it's a totally... You, you ever met somebody like that? If you sit next to them now, they'll just look straight ahead. You don't want to tell on them. There is nothing worse than meeting people that are two different versions of themselves, so you're not exactly sure which one of them you're talking to uh, when you're talking to them. And that is what we want to fix. We want to rectify. So the same way we love in here is the same way we love out there. The same way we bless God in here is the same way we bless God out there. So that when the world looks at us, they see consistency, they see faithfulness, they see love. Are you still here? Now, Jesus tells us the kind of people we're supposed to build. In John 15, 34 and 35, he says, And a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, love people, 
He's specifically dealing with uh, the brethren at this time. He says that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, by what? The love that you have for one another, everybody's going to know you're my disciple. I, I need you to get that. It didn't say how many scriptures you know. You should know scripture. It didn't say how many elaborate prayers you can pray. You should pray. It didn't say how much word you can use against people because they don't know it. But you should know the word and then you should want people to know the word. What it says, though, is they're going to know your mind because of the love that you have for one another. Isn't it a shame that sometimes church folk can sometimes, I'm not talking about here, I'm talking about where you come from, uh, that church folk can, can sometimes be some of the meanest folk? You met mean church folk. Come on. And if you ain't saying amen, you the mean church folk. Just made it in a junkyard dog. So religious and, and pontificating on things that they cannot even keep and do themselves. But Jesus says, I don't want people like that. He says, I want people that they will know you because of the love that you have for one another. Somebody shout love people. So now at Harvest, since our mission is our process, love God, love people, love life. Last week, we dealt with the love God part. So this week, we're going to do with the love people part. Say it again, love people. It's the step two of the discipleship process. You see it every week in the video announcements at every single campus. You see it. Step two, love people. And the first thing we have under step two is inviting people to harvest. That, that's the first thing. I'm going to make this so pragmatic and so simple that the only way you miss this is because you're intentionally making it deeper than it is. And you don't want to be one of those deep, undeep people. You don't want to be that. You, 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 you don't want to be that. Now, God is not visibly seen in your knowledge alone. He's not visibly seen in your prosperity or your success alone. He's seen in your love. And inviting people to church is demonstrating your love for them. First John 4 and 12 says, no one has seen God at any time. But if we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. Which means then that people, the only way they're going to see God sometimes is through you. The only way they're going to experience God sometimes is through you and through the love uh, that you give them. Sometimes you don't need a scripture to somebody. Sometimes you need a hug. Okay, y'all can't get nobody to say nothing. So, some, sometimes you don't need a bunch of Bible, and the Bible is good, and the Bible is right. But sometimes we just have to get to the simplicity of giving people what everybody wants. I don't care how long you've been saved in here. Everybody in here wants to be loved. Everybody needs somebody sometime. Look at your neighbor and say, love me, even when I'm unlovable. Because it's easy to love folk when they're lovable. It's easy to love folk when they're doing what you want them to do and they're doing right and all that. But the challenge of love is not when people are lovable. It's when they're unlovable. And you don't want to pray for them. You want to cuss them out. I know you're saved, but don't you act like before you got saved, there wasn't some folk you tell where to get off. Some of you still working on that cussing devil. <laughs> it's not a devil, by the way. It's... Now, Ezekiel 33.8 says, and, and I'm paraphrasing, you can write it down. Ezekiel 33.8 says that if we have the ability to warn the wicked and we do not, God will require their blood at our hands, on our hands. So this inviting thing, this inviting people thing is very serious. Now, I'm not talking about evangelism. I'm not talking about you going together and getting a team and trying to win people. Now, that's good, and we have teams that do that. I'm talking about just simply making an invitation to people. Somebody say invitation. Now, now, that's demonstrating your love for them. Act like you're inviting people to the Super Bowl and you're giving them free tickets to it. Yeah. 
That's what our series invite cards are all about. It's about you, listen, you don't even just say, hey, how you doing? Here, take this. Well, Bishop, they may throw it away. That's okay. We got more paper. Don't think if somebody rejects your invitation that they are rejecting you. The scripture says if they reject you, they're really rejecting him. But now watch this. I realize that sometimes it can be difficult to invite people. So here's what you do. You focus on the unchurched. These are people that were never in church and they're looking for God. Or you focus on the de-church. These are people that want to go to church and they're looking for church. Don't be focused on people that are already going to church and happy where they're going. If they're looking for something, that's a different thing. But what would we look like working for McDonald's, going over to Wendy, saying, y'all need to come over here? Because we, we got the Big Mac. Uh, we ain't changed our fries. Our fries are still the same. And y'all know those new Wendy's fries are horrible. They are just God awful. And if you think they're good, you need to come down for the invitation at the end. <laughs> crazy but that's sometimes what church folk will do they will walk over to something else. see listen i'm not into that competition stuff we're not competing with any other church i'm not competing with any other pastor we're here to do what god has called us to do and that's all i only person i'm in competition with is myself only people we're in competition but sometimes in churches because the wendy's folk will go to the big mac folk and the mcdonald's folk will go over to the five guys folk and you're dealing with two different leagues of folk. Everybody ain't ready for five guys. <laughs> and let me be clear, not that we don't want people from other churches, uh, if they're looking for a church, but we welcome everybody. But we want to do more than just swap sheep and recycle saints. But I realize it can still be difficult to invite people. So I want you to... Take a look at somebody that ran into some difficulty inviting people, and I want you to see what he did. Are y'all ready? Watch this. You may find a Mrs. Edwards in your life, but persist. Tell somebody say persist. Now, here's the great thing about it. Here's the great thing about it. The only thing you can take with you at death, Scripture says it's appointed for man to die once. Uh, it's eventually going to happen and you can't take your 401k with you your ira with you your your cars with you your houses with you the only thing you can take with you is the lives and the souls of the people that made decisions to follow jesus christ because of your invitation i don't know about you but when i stand in front of god i don't want to stand with nobody else there with me I want him to say, you got so many folk with you, this is amazing. I, I want him to say, how you get all these folk with you? That's what showing love to people is. It's inviting people. Because Jesus, don't worry about all of them. I don't know what to say. No, you're worrying about stuff that's none of your business. Ask the Lord and he'll guide you. You're worried about stuff that's just way over your head. Don't worry about it. Let the Holy Spirit do that work in the lives of people. Are you here? But then now the second piece that we have under love people in our process, in our vision, in our mission is to serve in the dream team or harvest ministry, to serve in the dream team uh, or harvest ministry. Now, th this is important. This is important because it's not just about serving, but it's about serving well. Somebody say serving well. 
uh, you'll remember this from the servolution teaching. It says, I live well to serve, but I serve well to live. Say it with me. I live well to serve, but I serve well to live. Now, this is important because uh, Jesus says in Matthew 23, 11, but he who is greatest among you shall be the leader. Oh, no, that's not what the Bible says. He who is greatest among you shall know the most. No, no. He says, but he who is greatest among you shall be your servant. How many people want to be great in life? Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come, come, come. Now, how many people you say, I'm okay with just being mediocre and average? Come on, stick them up, stick them up. Nobody. Well, that's funny. Nobody wants to be average. Everybody wants to be great, but everybody doesn't want to do what it costs to be great. Because Jesus said the only way to be great is to be a servant. Now, if you've got a servant problem, if I'm just not the servant type, that's okay. Then you're just the average type. And there's nothing wrong with that. We love everybody. But if you want to be great in life, at the end of the day, when you're standing before God, at the end of the day, once your life and your time has expired on earth, what's in between the year you were born and the year you depart, that little dash, it's that dash that is going to determine what people have to say about you. And in between that dash, that dash is either going to be great or people are going to be have to trying to figure out how to make up nice stuff to say. The way for that dash to be great is through serving. John F. Kennedy, President John F. Kennedy some years ago said, ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. So let's bring that over and make that come over to the church. Ask not what your church can do for you, but what you can do for your church. God has you at harvest to use your talents and your gifts and your money and your knowledge and your time to build the church through serving. When you handle God's business, God makes you a promise that he'll handle your business. Matthew 6.33, seek ye first the kingdom of God. God's way of doing things and his righteousness that's a done deal and all these things shall be added unto you what are the things my business so if I handle his business he makes me a promise he's going to handle my business now remember it's not just serving but it's serving how well you serve well when you're loving while serving you want to be guilty of LWS loving while serving Look at your neighbor and say, I'm guilty. Guilty as charged. I'm a lover. Galatians 5.13 says, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty, but do not use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Now, notice here, uh, uh, he's writing to the churches at Galatia, so he's talking to Christian people, and he's saying serve one another. Because this is an important fact to get, because uh, yes, it's great you serve the United Way, but the scripture still teaches you should serve in the church. It's great that you serve the Red Cross, but you should still serve in the church. It's great that you serve at the soup kitchen, but you should still serve in the church. Why? He says serve one another, the brethren. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, now watch this. It's love that makes you serve well. And one of the other experiences, I was telling them about a movie that came out some years ago, uh, probably, oh, geez, early 90s. New Jack Swing was still going. <laughs> and uh, the, the movie, the name of the movie was Boomerang, and I, I, you may have seen it before you got saved. And uh, 
And so anyway, in the movie, Eddie Murphy, he's he's a man about town. You know, he's 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 one of these kind of guys, and he's got all the ladies and this kind of thing. And uh, what ends up happening is he ends up dating uh, one of his coworkers, and they begin to uh, get in love, et cetera, et cetera. And then they then they just get in love, right? Because I don't like saying fall in love, because if you fall in, you might slip and fall out. So 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 I don't like that. <laughs> How you fall into a decision? Love is not a feeling; it's a decision. The decision of love creates the feeling of compassion, the emotion of compassion, two different things. And so anyway, uh, he, uh, he got tied up with one of his former uh, lovers and, uh, after a meeting, and he didn't come home uh, until 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, something like that. And uh, the, the, the woman that he was dating at the time, it was Holly Berry. It was Holly Berry's character. And, and I couldn't figure out for the life of me how he decided, even in the movie, how he... Oh, come on, don't look at me with that sanctimonious face and so and so uh, 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 he gets home late and she wakes up in the morning and, and she, she responds ladies y'all know how you respond when you're angry it takes you a while to actually say it but you're going to make sure everybody in the house knows it now maybe this used to be you or maybe this is you you, you know she was slamming the refrigerator door and moving stuff around and all and wouldn't say nothing in an effort to get Eddie to understand that, that she was upset. So she says, how was the meeting last night? Oh, it was good. <laughs> she says, oh, it was just good. I mean, you didn't come home until 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. Oh, I went for a walk afterwards. And, of course, you, you, you know, she, she, you already know where she was going with this. So she already knew what was going on. And so she said, no, you didn't use that, nah, 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 all this, all this. And then it gets to the point where he says, oh, I love you. I've never been anybody like you. I love you so much. I care about you so much. I made a mistake. And she says these words. She says, love would have brought you home last night. What, what, what are you trying to say, Bishop? Love makes us want to be excellent. Okay, I can't get any help there. Love makes you want to be on time. Love makes you want to do the very best that you can do. It is out of love that you find efficiency and excellence and all of those things. It's love that makes you serve well. Are you hearing me? Now, there are basically two kinds of servants, and I just want to figure out which one you want to be. There is a wicked and lazy servant. Uh, wicked and lazy uh, means evil. Evil uh, is the Hebrew word rah, which means contrary to. So a wicked and lazy servant is contrary to everything good in practice. Let me, let me give you some examples. Let me give you some examples. A wicked and lazy servant is the source of all problems. Uh, you can track this person to the root of every problem in a church. And when there's a problem in the church, you can pretty much, now what happened? Oh, okay, so it was so-and-so in that? Okay, you, you can find, it, it's a wicked and lazy servant that is the source of all problems on your job. Amen. Some of y'all already know, if there's a meeting, y'all got to have an emergency meeting, you already know who's involved based on, okay, y'all are going to act brand new, that's fine. A wicked and because there's only two basic kinds of servants we find in the scripture, and we're going to be one or the other depending on how we love, how we serve, uh, because it is our love that makes us serve well. The wicked and lazy servant is the source of all problems. They have to be prompted to act, and when they do finally act, they move slow. They drag their feet. 
they act like they're doing God a favor. Well, they ought to be glad I showed up. to show. You ought to be glad that the Lord chose you. You didn't choose him. He chose you. These are people that walk away mid-conversation when you're talking to them because they don't want to handle the confrontation that is amongst them. You know a wicked and lazy servant because these are people that roll their eyes when they speak to you. Uh, these are people that mutter negative comments because they're not bold enough to say it to you. They, they only have the intestinal fortitude to say it while muttering, while walking away from you. This is a wicked and lazy servant. They're wicked and lazy. They're careless in the example that they set for others. They don't care that people are watching. They, they don't care that we are sitting a message to the unbelievers and a message to new believers. They, they don't care about the example. They set their prideful. The wicked and lazy servant will never apologize for anything and they will fight you tooth and nail to justify why they're not apologizing. You know wicked and lazy servants. It's clear that they did wrong. But now they're going to fight you to justify why they won't take responsibility for their wrong. It's the Adam syndrome. Adam, what'd you do? The woman. Are you here? No, 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 no. You, you know the wicked and lazy servant because they're careless in what they say. Scripture says to season our words with salt so that, so that it can be received, it can be palatable, some translations say. So the wicked and lazy servant, they, they don't season what they say. This is the person that says, I just say what's on my mind. You know what you need to work on? That whole mind, brain, mouth thing. Because people that are like that, they will end up writing checks with their mouths that their lives can't cash. That's the wicked and lazy servant. How many wicked and lazy? Come on, let me see you. Stick them up. Come on. Wicked and lazy. Nobody wants to be that. We want God to instead call us the other servant, the antithesis of it, which is the Good and faithful servant. And Bishop, what is a good and faithful servant? It is a servant that's guilty of LWS. Loving while serving. So the question becomes, to make it very practical for us, then Bishop, how should we love? How, how, how should we love one another? How should we love each other? So I'm going to give you some simple things to do that. You ready? First thing, love like brothers. Now, in another experience, I said, and ladies, obviously, like sisters, and then I took it back. <laughs> Number one, because the scripture doesn't say that. It says love like brothers. But, but women, and this isn't all women. This is just your neighbor. Um, sometimes women love a little differently. When women fall out, they fall out. Lights off, nobody's home generalization i know you're spiritual and you have matured beyond this but you know somebody that has not and they're your neighbor i'm joking i'm joking but when brothers fall out brothers may fight they may wrestle they may tooth and nail this that and the other and by the morning it's good they don't even remember what they were fighting about <laughs> so the scripture says first peter 3 8 Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another, love as brothers, be tenderhearted, be courteous. Brothers may fight, but they'll get over it. And that's how you have to be when, you're, when we're loving one another. We may have a disagreement, but guess what? We'll get over it. And we're not going to allow our disagreement to affect us in our service. 
We're not going to let our disagreement affect us, which means you may have a disagreement in the foyer, but you got to tell them by the time we walk into this sanctuary, you better get it together. I am. The, you may have a disagreement with your children in the car, and you better tell them, listen, now I was right in what I said, but I love you, and let me tell you, when we get into this church, y'all better get it together. Why? Because we got to love each other as brothers, which means we may have disagreements, but get over it. And he says, be courteous to one another. Now, that, 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 that's important because uh, I said this, I think, last week, that I, it was my experience that the region of Denver and surrounding areas, the uh, metropolitan statistical area, which is from Boulder to just before the springs, uh, that my experience had been, I'm changing it because I said everybody in the region was kind of, you know, rude. But, uh, but, but then somebody came up that was a Denver native and said, well, Bishop, that, I think people in Denver are really friendly. I said, well, please introduce me. To, I'd love to meet them. It was my experience, and I come from the South, so it was my, I, I'm comparing it to that. You know, because in the South, you walk past somebody, you don't have to know them. And just, hey, how you doing? Girl, I'm doing so good, man. I tell God it's so good to meet you. And at the end of the conversation, now, what is your name? <laughs> so that was my experience. So I'm, I'm, I'm modifying what I'm saying. But the scripture says, be courteous. Now, courteous takes time because it is a longer word than curt. Curt is the opposite of courteous. He said, be courteous, not curt. Curt is rude and mean and nasty. He says, be courteous. Courteous, I'm saying it that way so you remember Courteous takes more time because it's a longer word. It's easy to be rude to people because you're Russian. Courteous requires you to stop and think about how you're treating somebody. And am I treating them the way I'd want them to treat me? Even if they're not treating me the way I'd want to be treated. So the first word we love one another is we love like what? Brothers. Second thing we do, second thing we do is focus on the mission when fellowshipping, not gossiping and talking about things that aren't edifying. We focus, we focus rather on the mission. Say the mission. Acts 2.42, I love the church of Acts because these folks were so dedicated. They were so on it, and they didn't have modern technology. They didn't have microphones and screens and words to the songs and all of this and that. Yeah, they didn't have kids' church. Kids' church in the church of Acts was you were sitting next to your mama and daddy, and, and, and you were quiet. And, and it's been that way It was until about the last 15, 20 years when kids' church was invented. Other than that, up until that point, you some of you, you know, you grew up, you grew up in certain, especially certain denominational churches. You sat right there next to your mother, next to your father, and they expected you to sit there and understand everything that was going on. But in the church of Acts, they they were so focused on their mission. That every time they came together, Acts 2.42 says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and prayers. Every time they got together, they were talking about the word. Every time they got together, they were talking about the mission. They weren't gossiping and talking about things that aren't edifying. Scandal may sell, but it will kill everybody involved. The scripture talks about murder, and, it, and, and, and the first uh, level or understanding of murder is that it had nothing to do with physically taking someone's life. It had to do with killing their influence by your words. 
There's some people now that you don't too much care for, not because you had a personal experience with them, but because somebody told you something. And so if we're going to love one another according to the scriptures, when we come together, we can't be talking about things that aren't edifying. As a matter of fact, when somebody comes to you with some trash, you tell them that's exactly what it is. I don't want to hear that trash. These aren't garbage cans. If you want to talk trash, I will take you outside to the dumpster and you can speak to it all day. Other than that, I don't want to hear it. Well, I did, you know, I heard. That's the lowest form of intelligence. I think that's an even lower form of intelligence. What do you know? And even if you do know it, is it edifying to share it? Who are you helping by telling that? It's easy. It's easy. It's easy to pull other people down to make yourself feel better. But here's a revelation you need to catch. To pull somebody down means that that person was already at a higher level than you. You missed it. Let me speak to this side because y'all maybe get it. I don't know about them over here. Y'all probably get it. If you spend your time pulling people down, that means you are admitting to them and to you that you are already in an inferior state than them. Because the only way you can pull somebody down is you got to reach up from a low place. So if you got people that are doing that to you, don't worry about it. That's proven to you that you're already at a higher place than they are. Let them pull all they want. But you already heard, if God be for you, who can be against you? The third way that we love one another, that we love people, is we greet each other with shalom and a compliment. I threw that one in on you. We greet each other with shalom and a compliment. Now, shalom is more than just the Hebrew word for peace. Shalom literally means nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all is well. So when the Hebrews would greet one another, they wouldn't say, hey, man, what's going on? Hey, girl, how are you? No, they didn't do that. They greet one another and they prophesy to one another. They'd say, nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all is well. Peace unto you. So the scripture says when we greet people, that's how we're supposed to greet. We greet people, and I'll read you the scripture because some of y'all are saying, Bishop, give me some scripture. Romans 12, 10, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love or phileia love and honor giving preference to one another. So when we greet one another, we don't want to greet one another with all of this and that and that. We want to greet one another speaking life into one another. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Especially, because we're talking really in the context of church, we're, we're, we're especially amongst one another. Got it? And then you give people a compliment. Now, I know for some of you, this is going to be, you're going to need some extra grace right here. But compliments disarm people. Uh, Dale Carnegie has a fantastic book, uh, um, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And in the book, he talks about this, and it, it's a principle, and it's really just extracted and expostulated right out of the scripture. Uh, when you compliment people, you disarm them. I told in one of the other experiences a story about how um, there was a situation where uh, uh, there was some folks that I went back and forth with over and over and over again uh, about something, uh, about a business matter. And uh, on my day off, National Preacher's Day off, which is Monday, as National Preacher's Day off, it is, it is, it's, it's signed into law. Uh, I had read this information and I said, this is amazing. They still have not gotten this right. How many times is it going to take? Lord, I'm not doing 70 times 70. They got four times, and this is it. 
And they still didn't get it right. And so in that moment, because I had spent literally months and months and months and months and months of uh, dealing with it, and what it was is they were saying that I owed a particular amount that was satanic. What they were saying I owed was devil worship is what they were saying. I said, Satan, the Lord rebuke you and your cousin. I mean, this has got to go. And that wasn't the case. They just kept misaccounting and not doing it right. And so I got the information on that Monday, and I tell you, I was just disturbed from my rest. I tell you, I tell you, I was. And so, and so I got up, and I put on my sweats, and I put on my T-shirt, and I put on my Harvest V, and I went down to that place, and I said, now listen, I was, I was courteous. I said, now listen, I need to see your manager because I, I just cannot, I, I don't understand how this happens over and over and over again. I need to just see your manager. And, and, and so I was fired up. My, 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 my blood, it wasn't boiling. It was steam. I mean, you just saw little, 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 little droplets and, and, and what have you. you. You saw the mist. It was boiling. And I said, give me your manager. I need to talk to your manager right now. I need to, I'm not leaving until I talk to her. I said, I'll get Adele, I'll recall, and Paula Woodward, and Seven, and Nine, and Channel. I'll get everybody down here because y'all ain't going to keep doing this to me. And in my moment of frustration, the woman gave me a compliment. And when she gave me the compliment, my blood went from steam to a nice slush. (laughs) She disarmed me by loving me. I know you don't have any stories like that. My point is, is when we greet one another, we got to bring out the best in one another. If we don't bring it out of one another, who's going to bring it out of us? So when you meet somebody, you tell, you know, I just really, that's a great suit. Man, I love those suits. Where do you get them? Give people and be genuine. If you give everybody the exact same compliment, then then maybe there's a little disingenuity. Disingenuous. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We greet each other. Now practice it. I want you to practice it. Turn to somebody, say shalom to them, and give them a compliment. Practice it. Practice it. Every campus, practice it. Practice it. Practice it. Practice it. Give them a good compliment, too. Now look at everybody smiling. You just made their Sunday. Some people don't hear any good things until just right now. We got enough negative stuff coming at us. It ought to be when we get around our, our, the people of God that when we get around that all of a sudden the best in us comes out. Then, then the fourth way we should love one another or love people. Y'all all right? Is don't judge or be overly critical with people. Now, if you're a personality that's about results and efficiency and excellence and getting things done, then this will be something that you, you will need extra grace on. Amen. I routinely ask the Lord for grace. First Peter 4, 8 says, And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. What is sin? Sin is an archery term, which means to miss the mark. Um, so sin there could be greater than a sin of the flesh. It could be simply missing the mark. It could be an inefficiency. It could be uh, something along those lines. So what he says is love covers a multitude of inefficiencies. Love covers a multitude of mistakes. Watch this. Love doesn't excuse, it covers. Love doesn't condone or approve of something that's inappropriate, it covers. Cover simply means that it realizes it's not perfect either. 
So when I'm dealing with somebody for a mistake or whatever, I deal with them according to how I'd want to be dealt with if I was them. That's what it means that love covers. Love says, I'm going to deal with you how I'd want to be dealt with because I realize I'm not perfect. That's how we love one another. Before you take out your spiritual shotgun and shoot somebody down because of the mistakes that they've made, be mindful that you've made some too. And how would you want people to deal with you? That's what that means. And finally, and finally, and I like this one. How should we love people? How should we love one another? With excellence, like you're loving Jesus himself. With excellence, like you're loving Jesus himself. Romans 12, 11, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, or excellent in spirit, serving the Lord. Now, Matthew 25, familiar passage, Jesus talks about doing things uh, to the least of these. And he says, uh, if you uh, do this, you give a cup of water, you visit in prison, give clothing when they're naked, so on and so forth. He says, you've done these to the least of these. And when you've done this to the least of these, you've also what? Done it to me. Now, check this out. There's a principle that can be extracted out of there. The principle is whatever, watch this, I do to other people, I have to treat it as if I'm doing it to Jesus. Which means if I'm serving, I got to serve like I'm serving Jesus himself because he says if you do it to the least of these, then you've done it to him. The real measure of people is found in how they treat those they perceive to be less than them. The way we treat people is exactly the way we should treat Jesus. Or let me say it better like this. The way that we treat people should reflect how we would treat Jesus. Now, let me just say this. If Jesus was having a meeting, would you be late? No. If Jesus was having a meeting, would you keep cutting him off? No. If, 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 if you were serving Jesus some water, would you? Well, they better be glad I brought some. I didn't. No. Oh, Lord. We should treat people and love people like we're serving Jesus himself, which means we should do it with excellence. So what's the first way how we should love one another? Love like brothers, not sisters. (laughs) Second, focus on the mission. Third, greet each other with shalom and a compliment. Give give your other neighbor, the other one, give another one a compliment. Just give it to him real quick. Give another one. Ooh-wee. Everybody ain't doing it. A compliment. Amen. Practice that. When your boss is coming in and they're getting ready to reprimand you because you already know, I'll tell you how to disarm them. Sir, I just need to tell you, the way you handle pressure is just incredible. I, I, I really admire you for that. And let me tell you, all of the fury he was getting ready to come at you with, sir, what did you need to talk about? We'll talk about it later. I know. Don't worry about it. What's the next way? Don't judge or be overly critical with people. Fifth way, with excellence, like we're loving Jesus himself. There are going to be two kinds of servants. Wicked and lazy, good and faithful. Which are you going to be? How many good and faithful we got now? 
Now let's do this. Let's do this to close this time. Let's do this. Let's do this. Uh, let's just check the room again. We're going to change the world. I know what he showed me. We're going to change the world. In the overflows, we're going to change the world. At every campus, we're going to change the world. I got one question for you. I just got one question for you. Are you in? With all the in folks, make some noise in the house. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet with me. Father, we honor you for your great word. We honor you for the privilege. Whether a date night or family holiday outing, Meadowlark's Winter Walk of Lights is the perfect way to experience the magic of the holidays. The half-mile walk through Vienna's enchanting Meadowlark Botanical Gardens features lighted nature themes and sparkling displays. Get your tickets now at winterwalkoflights.com. Extend your holiday season and beat the rush with a weeknight visit in November or early December. Plan your visit and buy tickets at winterwalkoflights.com. That's winterwalkoflights.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app? Over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.